Hello and welcome back to the Once Around Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm joined by Luke and Luke alone. That's right. It's a two-man once around coming at you live on a Thursday. Uh, we are planning on making podcasts every Thursday and Sunday for the first few weeks of our schedule. Maybe a bit iffy, people adjusting to it. But we promise a few weeks down the line, we will be consistent. Can you promise that, Luke? Yeah, we can promise that. It might okay. be a few sore heads on the Thursdays and Sundays, but I can promise I'll turn up every week. That's what we like to hear. Right, we've got a bumper episode for you today. Talk about the entirety of pre-season, players in and out, and a few slightly irrelevant bits that I, I just kind of want to talk about because I've got things to say and we have a podcast, so why not? Uh, so we'll start with a good pre-season by Rossini's standards in terms of the fitness of the players, but the results really didn't seem to go the way that we expected, Luke. Yeah, I mean, pre-season is not normally all about results, to be honest. I think it is just about your fitness. I've seen many managers down the line listen to podcasts from Peter Crouch and um, Ben Foster. They've always said of Tony Pugh pre-season. He doesn't care about results. He just wants the fitness to be there. And I can see Rosina being in a similar mindset. I think he just wants the team to gel together, get good fitness, be able to work together, know what know what they're like. So McGoldrick and Cons know what to do with each other up front, how Bird will know how Hurahan works and vice versa. And I think that's what Rosina mainly wanted from preseason. And I think that's what he's got. I think the players know what they're doing together. They look well. They look like a good unit. The results weren't really an issue for me. I think we did play well in spells. I just think if we're fit, then it's fine for Saturday. Yes, exactly. And uh, one of the players who will not be fit is David McGoldrick, who has been injured for the majority of pre-season, but Rosinia seems apprehensive about playing him despite his will to play through the pain. He's decided that in order to save McGoldrick being out for a month, two months, maybe even three months, he's going to let him off the first few games of the season in order to utilise him later in the year. Um, The tactics uh, are fairly similar to the ones Rooney played. It's a, he did vary between a 4-2-3-1 and a, it was almost a four triple two without a, with the wingers playing slightly higher than in a traditional 4-4-2. What, what did you make of the way we played, the sort of positional organisation of the players, Luke? I think the switch of formation was mainly down to squad depth. I think the 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, however you want to shape it in your mind, is mainly down to our main squad and our main 11. And I think when we switch to the 4-4-2, I think that's our fringe players I think it could be going with two different systems personally I prefer when we played 4-3-3 I think we look a lot better unit I think we look much better as a team but then I think that's because that's our first 11 that's our main team I think when we do switch to the 4-4-2 it has been in the second half so it has been in the weaker friendlies such as Alfredton Town or the second half of Bradford so I think when you look at it like that I think that's probably our squad who won't play as much maybe our second team who won't play all the first league games so personally in my opinion I didn't look too much into the 4-4-2 because like I mentioned a minute ago they probably won't be starting I mean looked into the 4-3-3 and I think we looked we played really well and I think 
with that team and that main eleven, I've seen us play some great football in pre-season, and I think it's a good a sign of things to come. And as you touched up, touched up on, it's how we played with Rooney. I think I listened to another podcast that Curtis Davis did with uh, Bianca Westwood, and he mentioned that Rossini was brains behind Rooney, and a lot of the training coaching went through Rossini, not Rooney. Which is why I think we are playing very similar football. Because I think so, so. Rooney was really only there for the mentality and the face of it. I know you you don't have to sort of say it that harshly, but at the same time, I'd much rather be left with the brains, the tactical know how, and the sort of understanding of football as a whole than sort of face. Unfortunately, it was Wayne Rooney's face, but a face nonetheless, and. Um, Albeit incredibly strong motivations. I, d- I don't honestly hold anything against Rooney. No. I was surprised he stayed for as long as he did. I did. It it was just a, a shame that he didn't give us a slightly longer warning and he had to wait for his mate to drop out of buying the club. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> Not naming names. Not naming names, but CK scum. Um, at the back, we seem to rotate, uh, rotating around Curtis Davis, of course, who will be an absolute stalwart at the back. He, he's, I reckon he's going to try and play every single game again. He, he just will. Um, I, the sort of the motivation that Curtis Davis has and the self belief to just keep on playing, keep on pushing himself, regardless of age, just astounds me. But the the man playing next to him is up for debate. Um, we do have Aaron Cashin, slightly shorter, but a lot better of a ball player than the other two. Uh, we have Richard Stearman. He's just solid. He's a good championship uh, standard player. And then we have James Chester, who has slightly worried me. Luke, out of those three, who do you start on the opening day of the season? Cashin or Chester for me. Not Stearman? I don't know. I've never... I just think he'll prefer Cashin or Stearman. Cashin or Stearman. Cashin or Chester. Through what I've seen in pre-season, because the only time I've really seen Stearman start in pre-season was Arlington Town. If I could be wrong here, but I don't think he started against Earth Berlin. I don't think so, no. And I don't think he started, and I don't, we didn't start against Leicester or Bradford. And I think that is a sign of things to come, maybe. I think it's not the worst step to have, though. It's not. Um, He's, uh, I think, 34 now. So, yeah. Still, still a decent age for a League One centre back, and uh, maybe slightly on the older side for a championship centre back. But then again, yeah. just look at Big Curse and you. Any rules are out the window. Purely on the basis of, I think, how managers work is the, the week before their big pre-season, they tend to put out their start on 11, who, what is going to face the opposition on the opening day of the week. And Chester started along Davis, alongside Davis, so therefore that's why I think he will. Chester did look good. He made some last-ditch tackles, but he, looked, he just looked slow. And I think Davis and Chester together is a very slow pairing but they're both amazing defenders. So realistically, it probably shouldn't matter because they make, what they make up for in pace is their mentality to get back and their defensive awareness. 
Yeah, think- last last season that was sort of Phil Jagielka's entire game, wasn't it? He was never the quickest, or often the slowest on the pitch, but his defensive awareness and his brain just made up for any kind of speed-related worry you'd have about yeah. him. God, I, think- I wish we could bring Jagielka in now. <laughs> I think I think he'll rotate mainly the league games to be Cashin and Chester personally, and I think Stearman. Probably mainly going to be there for the Car- not Caro, Car- yeah, Caro Cup, the Papa John's Trophy. And I think he'll drop in here and there because obviously we are playing Saturday, Tuesday a lot. And I think he will probably play, rotate a lot because as much as I love Curtis, there's no way he's going to play 50 plus games and not a cramp up at least once. He will need a rest. Everyone's going to need a rest. There's no one. Especially if we get, do go for this big meaty run. In the in the Papa John's Trophy, like I think everyone's hoping. I thought you were going to make a pizza joke, then Ben. I was quite disappointed. I can't lie. Oh no, that would have been a bit cheesy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, there we go. Yes, back on track now. <laughs> um, no, you don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> um, yeah, so I hope we do make a nice a nice run through the Pub John's Trophy, and for that we nice. do we we do need rotation. I'd like to see Harrison Solomon from the academy, who seems to be dwelling there for years. He's one of the only remaining players from the academy that we still have. We have signed some very promising youngsters like that yeah. striker who I can't remember the name of for the life of me. It, it would be good to see some new players brought through to play in those additional yeah. games. You know, we've got a we have got to really fight to get into that FA Cup, which will be sort of a nice change because that January, start of January fixture, FA Cup third round, it was always a bit dull. Yeah. I, felt, I felt there was never really a truly exciting one since um, Southampton in the, in the Lampard season. Yeah. Um, I, I and that's, that says a lot really, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we we don't we don't tend to do too well in the cups recently, but this no, is right. a new new year, new era. Yeah, exactly. uh, right. In terms of signings bringing in, it's recently been revealed by the goat John Percy uh, that we can't pay a player more than twelve thousand a week. We can only sign free agents or loans, which does limit us quite a lot but we still need four players, as Liam Rossinia has continuously said. The positions, I believe, uh, that will fully enhance the squad are a goalkeeper, a right-back, striker, and a winger, just to give us, I think that's 19 or 20 first-team players total, and I think just enough depth to be able to put up a fight in every game we we play in the league at least because you know yeah. we we've got a fantastic academy who cares who's in or out those players will be wanting to play in the cup and they'll get the chance so 20 or so players to play those 46 games in the league I don't think a goalkeeper is necessary to be honest because we do have three but I think if we want to develop folks we can probably afford to send them out on loan to probably get that first team football that he needs so I think a goalkeeper probably is one, but I think it's at the bottom of the pecking order of what we need. For me personally, I think right back and winger is where we're probably the most feeling need the most depth. 
because we only have that lad from Man City we signed. I think it's Coco Adora, we call it his name is. Mm. And then we've got um, Mendes Lang and Barkenhausen to play on the wings. And I think... Where's uh, Nathan Byrne as well? He hasn't been snapped up yet by anyone. No. Um, he's, I think, 30 now, 30, 31. Uh, and he's he's without the club. So that I think that's only... He wants one more sort of lengthy contract, one more three-year three year deal. And of course, we can only offer two years. I, I think that's sort of been the stumbling block between us. It'll come out soon where he's been. I don't, yeah. We know he's not there. And to be honest, I think someone's got someone will ask for seeing you soon. And if they have, we've missed it. But mm. I still think the right backs wingers are pecking order. I think striker probably, yeah, because I think we need as much as I think it's great we're playing the academy, I think having both Sabolski and Stretton, I think you've got to send one out on loan to get the, the first team football they need. My preference, send Sabolski out because I think he needs the experience more than Stretton. Yeah. And then we've got Stretton, McGoldrick and Collins and then plus maybe Aloni will be enough for yeah. the season for me. I'd like to see Sabolski go to the National League to be honest, because I know he's tall. I know he's good in the air, but that physicality, sort of that strength that you need, especially as a big man, like that, that can only come in one of the most physical divisions. Yeah. And so if he's in the national league, you know, defenders are going to be scared, but they'll also make themselves known to him. And if he can deal with that, then hopefully next season when we're back in the championship, no, uh, well, we'll see about that one. Um, hopefully when we're back in the championship, he can be a fantastic bench option with the physicality that we need. He just needs, I mean, I spent too late now, I was going to say, he just needs a good pre-season just hitting the gym, hitting the weights and just getting as, getting as, stronger, as, as strong as he can for men's football. Because I think if it wasn't for this administration or this, thing we've been through I don't think he would input into men's football by now I think we still would be developing him because I think he probably has got the ability but doesn't have the physicality to play men's football and I think he just needs more to develop because he's only young I think he's younger than me yeah. I just think he needs time to develop into it as a man develop into his body and then just get in the gym personally and just bulk up that tiny bit more now one of my favourite topics to talk about um I'm not sure if anyone knew this, is shirt numbers. I do have a bit of an obsession with them. Now, Derby have a lot of traditions based on shirt number. For example, the number six, where, as in most European countries, the six is seen as the DM. For us, it's the ball-playing centre-back, and I think that six deserves to go to Aaron Cashin. He played fantastically the last half of last season. Uh, Luke, do you agree? Would you give it to anyone else? Maybe Chester? Does Chester um, deserve it more? Is he's he's more of an experienced pro, or you know, I'm I, I'm in the going after shirt shirt numbers around training, and I'm nowhere near as passionate about shirt numbers as you. But <laughs> I think, I'd I like think, to find someone who is. I think purely on the basis of being it going from the recent rumours that have come out today and basically all summer, I think Chester will have five, Cash will have six, and I think Davis will keep his traditional thirty-three. Although he has been wearing number 15 in pro-season, um, which is, of course, a centre midfielder. Um, <laughs> you know what I think, man? I think 
purely on this new fake kit, they've only got certain sizes and only certain people can wear shirt numbers. I think that sounds about right, actually. Yeah. I do yeah. like that kit, though. I just wish they I think didn't. It's lovely. I just wish they didn't make the logo cream and they sort of removed the background of the city. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see that made more widely available because it would be, you know, it'd be massively popular. You'd see. I think they might. Just yeah. as a general top. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see what clouds can develop. Um, <laughs> um, there will be 30,000 odd in us in Pride Park Stadium for the first game of the season. That is very, very close to capacity. I'm somehow travelling up from Portsmouth the day before to be there. I'm incredibly excited. Um, uh, in my head, I thought there is not a chance I'm going to be able to get there. Uh, but then work work comes up and it, you know, over in Staffordshire. And I thought, oh, that's, that's quite close. So yeah, I'll be I'll be in Derby. I'll be there for first game of the season versus Oxford United. Um, yeah, very 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 excited. Luke, where are you going to be sitting? I can't remember where I sit. No, um, I'm in the East End. East End. East End. Oh. I've been there. Been there 15 years now. So really, oh same God. seat for 15 years. This season was um, fun enough. The 11 point season was my first year. <laughs> At the age of five. So. I'm now going to be 21 games for the new season in the same suit since the age of five. So that's 16 years now, actually. 16 years. I'm, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad the university's treating you well. well uh, <laughs> my course um, shows, shows me adverts of baked beans, so it's not going too well. Right. Okay. Uh, and finally, coming up tomorrow, hopefully, uh, this podcast will be released on Thursday. Uh, but, fri- but Friday we'll see the actual kit for the first time. Though we won't be able to buy it, we'll see the kit and we'll, then we'll see it on the players on Saturday. It is very strange to not have a kit reveal. God knows how many videos of the players all smiling, um, wearing it. But, you know, if any, if anything, it makes it that little bit more special that we've had to wait that touch longer for it. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I've, I've enjoyed looking at all the concept ideas and all the little sneak peeks people are thinking of. So, I've seen a few people um, throw up the idea of the shirt might have black dots on it because of our recent tweets having um, black dots and white squares. Or on the email, there's a dash of pink in the middle, so there could be a dash of pink on the kit. But I just think the pink is the goldie skin. I think people have looked too deep into that part. Yeah. That's my my thoughts. But I just like. The idea is when we, on our fixed release, people have seen green, so we might have a green away kit. I just think I just like reading it all. I like reading people's like theories. I think it's dead interesting, and it, some of them make me laugh because I think some of them are quite out there. It's funny. Yeah, you can, you just don't wait this long though. No, you, exactly. you know it's who, exciting, who, I think. who reveals their first team kit the day before the start of the season? You know, what? I think I think we shouldn't release it and just let us see it for the first time as the players work on walk on the pitch. I suppose, but at the same time, that's actually what they did for the uh, third kit in 1920. Did they? Yes, but that was in a pre-season game. But yeah, I, that's a that's a weird memory I have. And, that, and then I bought that kit because I thought it looked fantastic. 1920? 1923 kit, the black one with the yeah white tie marks on the shoulders. Oh, I'll look at that after the podcast is finished. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, that that score was a yeah score prediction. Oh my gosh, get a score prediction. I this ri- is the first of your outstanding score uh, predictions. I've missed them. Yeah, I I I've really haven't. Um, I've I've had Oxford fans bantering me on Instagram, trying to get a little reaction. Um, and I really hope that we shut them up with a little three-one victory. Not Atlantish, just just a good solid win for the boys. Uh, and I think that Barkhausen will get two and there'll be a Max Bird screamer in there. So I've been thinking to myself all day, a 3-1 win yeah. with a goal from Barkinghausen. Is it Barkinghausen? I thought it was Barkhausen. I don't know. Barca- we can, I don't know, you know. Yeah, call, um, him, we'll, call him Barky. We'll find out what he scores tomorrow. Um, the ah, that's what we like to hear. And I reckon a Hura hand free kick. Ooh. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I do. Of course I do, it's me. Uh, wonderful. All right. Right, well, that's very exciting. We'll see what happens on Saturday and we'll catch you very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Once Run Go, podcast. Just want to say quickly, see how, see how loyal our listeners are. If you've still, if you still listen to this shambles at this point, Tweet is just score prediction and our, and our promo tweet because I want to see how many people listen listen to this this much. Mm, yeah, I'd be concerned. I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Are you okay? Yeah. Um, do, do you need help, mate? Our DMs are open. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Once Run Podcast. I've been Ben. I've been joined by Luke, and we'll see you next time up the Rams. Mm-hmm.